You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to another edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. My name is Blair Angulo. It is Thursday, April 7th, and we've got a loaded and and really fun show for you today talking about the refresh and the expansion of the 2024 rankings it is a new top 24 7 expanded from the initial top 100 for that class it's the first update we've got cooper patagna and chris singletary national analyst for 24 7 sports joining us in a moment but before we get to that i I wanted to mention what's trending and that would be ohio state landing a big time safety uh this was was something that Bill Kuralik, the dean of Ohio State recruiting uh, and and a big time insider at Bucknuts, alluded to earlier this this week. Malik Hartford, the top 100 safety in the 23 class, number five nationally according to 24/7 Sports, announcing his commitment. You saw it live on CBS Sports HQ on Wednesday afternoon, and and it's a significant pickup because that's a position of need for the Buckeyes in this cycle. Uh, Sonny Styles had reclassified from 23 to 22. We saw the Buckeyes lose out on a number of, of high profile targets in that 22, uh, 22 class, including Xavier Nwamka and, and Zion Branch. Uh, so it's been a point of emphasis and for them to be able to land one heading into the spring evaluation period and to secure a spot there is big for Ryan Day as he continues to build on a potentially top five class nationally and, and, a, and a class that should be pushing for number one in the Big Ten. Uh, let's bring in now Cooper Patagna and Chris Singletary, our national analyst at 24-7 Sports, do a phenomenal job with the rankings releases and we just put out a top 24 7 fellas for the 2024 class uh, but before we get to that i wanted to ask do you guys have any thoughts on malik hartford and that fit there in columbus yeah i like that player a lot he's a he's a long rangy defensive back a guy that can play a couple different positions in the secondary but i think he's a really good fit for the buckeyes it's always good when you can keep those type of guys home i think ohio state does a very good job in the early identification process. So to be able to, to nab a top 100 player in your backyard is definitely big for Ohio State, not only now, but in their future building that class. So that's a that's a really big gift for him, really good player, uh, a guy that could contribute sooner rather than later once he gets to Columbus. And Chris, I won't ask you because I don't know if you're able to comment on Buckeyes uh, as, a, as, a <laughs> as a Michigan guy. But, you know, this I, I think there is an arms race going on, right? Like we've known about Ohio State's ability to recruit the quarterback position and the skill positions at wide receiver and running back. And, you know, I think for the longest time now, we're starting to see them try to load up on the defensive side of the ball. That's where they have fallen short when they do get to that point. Point, uh, where it matters, right? In the college football playoff, when they're fighting against those big physical teams with those high profile offenses, they're, I think, keying in on some players that can make them make plays and help them get over the hump on the defensive side of the ball. Most definitely. And I think, you know, getting the addition of Malik, uh, it speaks to that. A guy that can play whether safety, you know, and depending, can play down at, at, at the corner spot. He brings tremendous size, he brings length. 
he was a guy who constantly showed up in the kicking game in terms of blocking kicks. And when you got a guy that sits two and a half, 175 pounds, two-sport athlete that also has played lacrosse, you see his versatility on the back end. And, and like you said, you have to have guys that can force the team to punt on third down. And he's a playmaker on that back end. And he helps shore up that position for them and, and be able to put them on the cusp because they've been fortunate enough. They've been scoring points a lot against some of the major teams and major competitions within the playoff. But at a point in time, you have to get to stop. You have to stop somebody. And I think the addition of, of Hartford, you know, speaks to where they're trying to uh, to go with having guys that can be playmakers on the defensive side of the ball to win some of those close games. Yeah, I'm glad we didn't have to twist your arm too much there, Chris. I, I, enjoyed, <laughs> I enjoyed that. Uh, and yeah, th- that's a great point, right? You, you look at some of the losses that Ohio State had last year, uh, Oregon at home at the horseshoe, they they weren't able to get off the field when they needed to. Uh, Michigan, right? That that big game uh, also was another example of, of them just not being able to come up with a key play on some of those key downs, especially in, in run support. Um, and I'm not saying Malik Hartford will go in there and, and start from day one and really make an impact. But he's a part of that puzzle. He's a he's a piece of of what that d- defensive identity needs to be for them to be able to get over the hump. And like I said, maybe make some noise once they do get into the college football playoff. Uh, so Malik Hartford, a big get there for Ohio State, a top five safety nationally according to twenty four seven Sports in the twenty twenty three class. Shifting gears now, guys, to the twenty twenty four class, and we're gonna get into some specific positions: the quarterbacks, the defensive backs, the edge rushers three really big parts of of this update and three positions that i think really stand out early on but before we get to that more of a general discussion and i'll start with you coop um this was a a really interesting class to evaluate because we're coming off of of a pandemic shortened recruiting cycle in a sense right where a lot of these players didn't have a, a traditional freshman season uh remember these are 2024 class prospects which means in 2020, they were beginning their high school careers. So some of these guys didn't get a real season. Some didn't get to play varsity. Some had to wait until the spring. There's a lot of different variables there that maybe affected their ability to emerge early on in a recruiting cycle, as we would typically see in in just under normal circumstances. Uh, But when you looked at this group as a whole, Coop, is there anything that stuck out to you or or any trends that maybe you were were kind of keying in on? Well, I think it's always difficult to put a class together when you're going from the top 100 to the top 24-7. So you're expanding by 147 spots, which is a lot. So uh, Chris and Gabe did a phenomenal job. Starting with that top 100, you saw a lot of those guys who were originally there kind of stayed uh, within that original grouping. So, uh, you know, I think for us, it's more probably projection-based. Like we, we talk about it a lot, but, you know, that height, weight, speed philosophy, you're really going to gravitate to the athletic traits, the athletic indicators, the multi-sport data, the track and field data. That is really, that holds true over time. So I think for us, that's what we always tend to come back to, uh, especially when they're younger, when the, when there's not as much tape and the sample size is a lot smaller. But, you know, I think for me, if there was a position group that stood out, I, I would say defensive backs for sure. You, you think about Desmond Ricks at IMG Academy, Ellis Robinson at IMG Academy. Uh, so two guys at IMG within the top five at the same position uh, says everything you need to know about that place and how they develop players. But KJ Bolden as well, uh, another guy that's a super versatile piece. So I think three of the top five guys within the top five coming from the defensive back 
next spot. That says a lot about the talent, uh, not only at the top, but the, the depth of the class as well. Uh, throughout the expanded top 24-7, there's a lot to like there. So, you know, I think for us, it's always fun and it, it's always interesting to to kind of get that first look uh, at this initial top 24-7. And we know that there's going to be a lot of changes and a lot of fluctuation over the next 20 months or so. Yeah, we can't overstate that enough. And and I know, Chris, that's kind of a, a point of emphasis for us as we continue to evaluate some of these prospects. I mean, remember, uh, a guy like Nico Iamaliava, who has the recruiting world on fire, right? Like, I think everyone known has known about him now over the last few weeks. Uh, he wasn't a prospect that at this point last year was even kind of registering or people knew that he was good, but they maybe didn't think he could have the ability to be great. So this is an ever evolving process. This is, uh, I, I think, uh, an evaluation uh, method that is a little bit more skewed now because we are trying to identify players so early that, you know, we forget about the guys that start to develop later or guys that start to emerge later. Um, I've already gotten some questions about certain prospects that fell out of the top 100 that were initially in the top 100 right after their freshman season. And, you know, the explanation there, the easy one or, or, or kind of the, the hyphen one is is that you know there are some players that maybe we didn't know about after their freshman season some players didn't play varsity uh their new guys are getting ratings i mean there's a lot to really dive into and and once you start to expand the pool and figure out that there's more players than than just those few that were able to play varsity as as freshmen um i think it's really important to start differentiating that uh chris when you looked at this group specifically what what did you think of of the defensive back group since we've we've kind of started talking about that already. I thought you saw some guys that were dominant playmakers, guys that could really be on that edge, on that corner, and shut down the field. I mean, when you look at a guy like Devin Ritz, who's physically ready to play in college, you look at Ellis Robinson, you look at all those guys, you, you're looking at the length, you're looking at the versatility, and you see guys that are plug and play, whether it's a man scheme, whether it's a zone scheme, guys that are ball hawks and have long-term potential to be playmakers wherever they choose to go to school and difference makers on the back end. That's the thing that's kind of exciting about the the, the back end group is you see athleticism, you see length, uh, you see playmaking ability again, and you see the versatility, whether it's man, zone, and they show up. And guys that also are factors in the in the run game when they have to, you know, come down and run support and, and put their hat on a player and make and make a play and make a tackle. So you see the completeness of a, of, of players, you know, on the back end from the standpoint of, of that group. Do you guys feel like from an identification standpoint, it might be a little easier or maybe the hit rate is a little better? Uh, at those skill positions like defensive back where, you know, maybe physically players haven't developed to what they might be and you can kind of just project length and speed and, and things like that. Whereas if, you know, we're tracking a big time defensive tackle or an offensive guard or a player like that, you know, as a freshman or even as a sophomore, you don't really know what they're going to look like when they're 18 or 19 years old. I think what you really have to really understand is, you know, these guys are 15, 16 years old. So the physical maturation process, especially for guys that are in the trenches, whether it's the offensive, defensive line, is a lot different from those guys that are playing per se receiver or defensive back. You know, the weight gain, the body change, the weight room. And so, again, physically finding those guys in the trenches is going to take sometime a little bit longer as opposed to guys that are playing on the perimeter on either side of the ball where, you know, 
they've already maybe had that growth spurt or they have exceptional speed or athleticism. So it might be a little bit easier to identify, but it still has to translate into to high level production. Yeah, just just on that point, I think it's easier to evaluate play speed uh, in terms of the skill position at the receiver position and at the defensive back position. We talked about the physical traits, not only with Rick Spold and, uh, and Ellis Robinson, but, you know, I think really when you start to evaluate some of these defensive linemen and, and you'll see that within the top 24-7, there are a lot of good players and a lot of good players with physical traits as well. But what hasn't happened with them is their play speed hasn't caught up to their clay. Uh, and Chris Chris hit it on the head right there. I mean, in terms of these guys, they're still going through the physical maturation process as well. With the skill guys, you have a pretty good idea of what they're going to be. Maybe they'll add on another 5, 10, even 15 additional pounds at the next level. But we're talking about significant weight changes over two years and then the first year in college as well. Uh, when you start to consider offense, defensive line, even, even guys that might be playing safety right now, but as they continue to grow or going to get moved closer to line of scrimmage and maybe grow into a linebacker. So I do think there is a little bit of a slight advantage uh, for the skill guys early in the evaluation process. Yeah, a lot of really good insight there. And we're going to continue our conversation on quarterbacks and edge rushers specifically when we come back from this break. You are listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We are back on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. My name is Blair Angulo, joined by national analyst Cooper Patagna and Chris Singletary. We are breaking down the big talking points from the updated top 24-7 for the 2024 class. And at the top is Dylan Riola, five-star quarterback from Chandler, Arizona, played his first two years in the state of Texas, the son of former Detroit Lions offensive lineman Dominique Rayola, um, and, and has been a player that from a recruiting standpoint, has been getting a ton of buzz, has taken visits to Georgia and Texas and USC and Ohio State and Oregon and a few other schools in, in recent weeks. Uh, but from a prospect standpoint and from an evaluation standpoint, right now is is the clear-cut number one guy at quarterback. And I was trying to wonder, I was like, okay, let's let's look at who's behind him. You know, and, and you look at Jaden Davis and Julian Sayan and even Elijah Brown, those are the three next quarterbacks in that group. And, and I'm curious, guys, do you, do you feel like there's any chance that any of those three make a legitimate run at that number one QB spot? I think it's it's more wait and see right now, but I, I feel very comfortable with Rayola at the top. He's different. I mean, 6'3", 225 pounds. He's interesting. I, I hate the player comparisons, but I do like the player comps in terms of the play style. And he's very Mahomish from like 
from the build to the way that he plays from the elastic arm to his ability to extend plays with his feet. And it's kind of interesting once you start to dig in on Rayola a little bit, kind of start to see the comparisons uh, to a guy like Mahomes and what he did in high school and how that translated. But as a baseball background, Rayola clocked around 90 miles per hour. I think it was 89 miles per hour, which we talked about on, a, on another little uh, video bit that we did a few days ago. So you look at the baseball background, you look at the professional bloodline. Rayola's dad, Dominic Rayola, played 14 years in the NFL, was an offensive lineman uh, for the Detroit Lions. And then Mahomes uh, had a father that played in the MLB. So uh, when you start to look at that, I think, you know, Rayola's more physically advanced uh, at this point than I would say the, the rest of the field at the quarterback position. But, you know, looking at Jaden Davis, I had the opportunity to go see him this past weekend in Atlanta, Julian Sane as well, Elijah Brown, all those guys. I, I think they're a ways away. They're really good players, but I think they're more developmental upside players. We'll learn more about them over the, the course of the next two years or so. And uh, right now, I would say Rayola, for sure, in terms of the quarterback position, has that pretty locked down. Yeah, I got to see Rayola recently at the Polynesian Bowl Combine Showcase out in Las Vegas. Already has been named to the 2024 Polynesian Bowl All-Star roster. And one thing that stood out to me about his performance during one-on-ones and seven-on-sevens was the variance in, in arm angles, right? And, and I think a lot of quarterbacks are practicing that stuff, right? With the off-platform and, and I'm going to throw this ball with this arm angle and I'm going to drop it this certain amount of degrees and, you know, you know, I'm going to roll out and throw off balance and all that sort of stuff, right? That I think people are trying to emulate from what they see on Sundays, specifically with a guy like Patrick Mahomes. I think with him, it comes natural. Like that's not something he's practicing. I don't think it's something that he is trying to put into his arsenal. I think it's already embedded in there. I, I think it's very, it's very him. And it was interesting, and we mentioned this on our, on our video breakdown. He he tell he tells me he throws ninety from the mound, right? And I asked him, hey, but can you throw for strikes, right? Like everyone can kind of <laughs> get up, can everyone can go up there and just and let it go, right? Let it rip. Uh, but he says he's got some control. He can play catcher as well. He's played you know kind of at different spots in, in the diamond. You see the athleticism. You look at a quarterback there who has the footwork and is really in tune with his mechanics. And I love just how physical he is i love the, the the kind of the makeup greg biggins loves to evaluate quarterbacks and and he could not stop talking about just his leadership abilities his moxie his charisma and that's something that you kind of need from a guy that's going to be leading an offense and specifically from a player who's number one in the 2024 class chris is there anything that 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 kind of like stands out to you about the the Jaden davis and julian sayan and, and elijah brown group that that makes you believe that these are potential five-star candidates down the road they still have so much room for growth in their games, and they still have the physical development piece. Um, those guys definitely spin the ball really well. They definitely understand where to go with the ball. They can drive it. They, they do a good job of really uh, uh, throwing their receivers open. But again, they still have physical growth that they have to go through. And then reps. The more you play, the better you get. And so as these guys continue to play and, and go through different games and situations and scenarios, they're only going to get better and more adapt and, and, and playing at a high level. So I think those guys definitely as a group still have an abundance of room to grow and develop in their games. And, and, and we're excited to see where they all uh, you know, pan out at the end of the day. 
Yeah, yeah, and, and, and it's going to be interesting to see what other quarterbacks emerge, right? There's some that are maybe lower on the list. One that really sticks out to me, and we got to see him, Chris, was Damon Williams. I mean, the, the way he just carries himself, the way he's able to play, he's got a lot of Bryce Young to his game. Uh, I'm really interested to see. He's been productive, even dating back to his freshman season out in Chandler, Arizona at Basha High School. Uh, he's a player that I, I could see once we get to see more tape, once we get to see him throw against some of these other guys at regional settings or at showcases Mm -hmm. can definitely rise because he's got that dynamic extra gear that you you can't really evaluate this early on, right? Like this is a player who's going to be able to, I I think, build on that uh, as we head forward towards his junior and and towards his senior uh, senior year, ultimately. Guys, before we we wrap up, did want to discuss the the edge rushers group, which is uh, another phenomenal piece here in this 2024 class. We've got Jonathan Eccles uh, out of IMG Academy as well um, up there. Elijah Rushing is up there. Uh, King Joseph Edwards, uh, kind of an athlete edge rusher type out of Buford, Georgia, uh, is up there. They're all within that top 15 range, top 16 range in in the top 24-7. And this is a, a position, Coop, that is really really become kind of that that sexy hot spot for for coaches to to key in on yeah i i love jonathan echo has been talking about him a lot over the last two days and another guy from img academy believe it or not but uh you know he's How got great length supposed to score points on those guys by the way when you got those two <laughs> yeah, corners you got jonathan Eccles chasing you down i mean what are we going to do there? Like, we need to we need to start brainstorming how we're going to score points against IMG. That's a great <laughs> question. Let me let, let me know when you find out. No, he's he he's a dynamic talent. You talk about a guy 6'4", 215. I think he he came in 6'3 and a half to 11. So right in right in that range long arms, 34 inch arms. He tested extremely well uh, at the IMG pro day, sort of say whatever you want to call it, but Certainly a dynamic athlete originally from Georgia. Gives you that pass rushing upside off the edge, which I think a lot of teams are, are certainly intrigued with, but can also drop him in coverage uh, situationally as well. So I love him. He kind of reminds me a little bit of Jihad Campbell. I think he's a little bit physically more developed uh, at this stage of his career. I'll let Chris talk about Elijah rushing, but the other two guys... I do want to mention King Joseph Edwards, who Andrew Rivens is a very big proponent of. I uh, just want to put that out there if Andrew's listening. And then Zeno Umiazulu, uh, the brother of Nato Umiazulu, the offensive tackle who signed with Texas last year, who is in his own right, very athletic, a lot of upside with him. But his brother, 6'4", 210 pounds, he is very long off the edge. He's one of those guys who's still developing, growing into his frame. And then one guy out of Miami that I really like, out of Killian, Dylan Stevenson, 6'4", 210. 115. He's just a big ball of clay right now. We've got him inside the top 50 at number 41, uh, but keep an eye out for him as certainly as he continues to grow, I can see him moving up the board. Yeah, and Chris, Elijah Rushing, a player that you're very familiar with out of Tucson, Arizona. He goes to South Point Catholic. They've been known to produce some some high-profile players, most recently Bijan Robinson, the, the former five-star running back who, who's now at Texas, and Lathan Ransom is another big-time player that is a safety at Ohio State right now. George Georgia just offered Elijah rushing this past weekend and the Bulldogs don't go across country to the corner of the Southwest there in in Tucson nestled, you know, just (laughs) North of the Mexico border. They don't go out there unless it's a, it's a marquee player that they believe has a chance to help them, especially on the defensive side of the ball Uh, with so many big time players in their own backyard. That kind of speaks to the potential of Elijah rushing. 
No question. I mean, you look at the pedigree. The dad played at the University of Florida. Sister ran track in Florida. Older brother played at Wisconsin and Buffalo. So you see the athletic prowess in the family. And then you're looking at a young man who's a shade under six foot six, 224 pounds, an 80 inch wing. And he can play whether it be true defensive end with his hand down as a, as a, as a five technique or a sets technique. He's comfortable playing standing up. And so with him, he's a guy that from a uniqueness standpoint, Depending again, how we talked about this earlier, how his body goes and from a maturity standpoint and a development and weight standpoint, he can play up and down the line of scrimmage, does an excellent job. He's very fluid. He can bend for a man his size. And I see that's why you have his list of offers going from coast to coast. And he's a student of the game. You know, when you talk to him, he's referencing players that played back in my era. And I'm like, well, how do you notice it? It's football is in his DNA when he's talking about, you know, the LeVar Arrington's of the world and the Courtney Browns and those guys. And then you're talking about the Javon Curse. So he's also wanting to understand the historical part of the game and how it translates to today. And then he's talking about, you know, Jason Onway for the Baltimore Ravens. So you see a guy that's not only a really good player on the field, but he understands the historical fact of it and what it is that that position garners. And so you look at the evolution of his body type, it's just a matter of, of how he goes. Is it a young Calais Campbell or is it a young Jason Taylor? You know, so I think that's where the excitement is. And then you see his, you know, you see his production on film. And I think that's why, you know, again, I said, you know, he has offers from coast to coast. Yeah. And he might have the most appropriate name in the class as well. Elisha rushing uh, as a pass rusher doesn't get much better than that. So that's going to be, I think, one recruitment that is going to be very interesting to, to monitor. And, and one of the players that right now is on our radar. And uh, yeah, we wanted to, I, I think, begin to familiarize the, the listeners with some of the big names in this update for the 2024 class, a new top 24-7. You can check it out over at 247sports.com. Head on over to rankings and click on 2024 class. Guys, anything else before we go? Yeah, Blair, I want to know who you got this weekend at the Masters. Oh, boy. Oh, oh, boy. Okay. You know, I, I like... I feel like Rory's due for something, but I don't know, man. Like I'm kind of like leaning towards Tiger. Like if Tiger is is legitimately going to be out there and he feels like he can win it, I mean, I can't really count him out. And that wouldn't that be the greatest story of the year? I think so. I mean, how how far is he removed from that leg injury, which is crazy because he hadn't. He, this is his first tournament back, is it not? Yeah, it's yeah. a little bit over a year, February yeah. of, of 2020. Of 2021. That's crazy. I think it's now Blair. Months or so. Now, Blair, you know what I'm always asking. You being a new father, I'm always asking you how the baby do it. <laughs> I was, I was gonna say. Uh, here's see, Cooper doesn't. Question. See, Cooper doesn't know that yet. He he hasn't experienced fatherhood yet. When you become a new father, you want other fathers just to check in on you. Oh boy, man, it's been it's been amazing, actually. You know, it's it's been a, a, a tough juggle to you know kind of be doing the the same amount of work that I've been used to doing, but now having to put some other hours in, uh, you know, and, and you know, kind of hanging out with him and feeding him and putting him to sleep and and all that stuff. So it's it's been an adventure for sure. Uh, but it's it's a lot of fun. And 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 guess what, Coop and, and Chris, I'm actually going to be sitting down with him and watching some golf here this weekend. So that's going to be to me a lot of fun. Some MLB opening day, some some baseball games. So there's there's gonna be a lot of TV watching with the little guy. Exactly, I know that feeling. So I'm I'm, I'm happy for you to have joined uh, fatherhood and parenthood with with us to have those uh those little. 
Yeah, well, I appreciate that. And we're going to be actually sitting down and drawing up some plays because we need to get some points on IMG Academy this fall. <laughs> All right. So for Chris Singletary and Cooper Tagna and our and our listener, Andrew Ivins, don't forget that. He's definitely listening to this podcast. Uh, our producer, Lance Glay, and I am Blair Angulo. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now.